how very much I've loved you. How very much I've tried my best to give you the good life. Don't you want a world of unconditional love and brotherhood? We have the secrets to self-improvement. You can join us and be special. Join our elite mission to save the world. Since the death of God, there's been a vacancy open. You could fill that void. Here's how. We'll title this tape. Welcome to the Cult of Comics. Well, let's just hop into it. Welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. I am your host, Tyler Brown, and today I'm joined by Sean Walsh and Josh Craven, per the usual. How's it going, boys? Howdy, howdy. Hey, it seems like the drugs are wearing off. Kinda. Yeah. A little bit. Somewhat. Not fully. You got a little pep um, in your step. I pooped. I lost five pounds. I feel a lot better. Oh, Jesus. Yes, that's what I said. You just had an Very afterbirth awkward. in the toilet? Yes. Absolutely. Dropping the kids off at the pool. Yeah. Why is that the phrase? Why I don't understand why, why that's... Why do I imagine your toilet is just sprayed with blood every time you use it? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. He's he's like one of those... Uh, what's the what's the Guillermo del Toro vampire? The, Guillermo the del strain. Toro vampire? The, the strain. He's like the vampire oh. from the strain. I, you're saying I poop worms? I don't think they poop. They like spray. They're just they like, do spray. Yeah. It's a series of sprays. With it's worms. like worms. it's like the issue of Silver Coin this week, where the phone like all those things shoot out of the speaker. Yeah. God, that was weird. It's like this, Play-Doh. That... <sighs> this week has been weird. Yeah, it has. Um, not my favorite week for comic books, but uh, we'll. It's a light was, week. We'll, we'll get. Yeah, it's fine. Well, we'll jump into that. Why don't we? Why don't the, we start with the, the strongest the of this week? The stuff was already good. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. Yeah, uh, we're going to start it off with one that I think that we kind of anticipated was going to be a success, anyways. Uh, Batman: One Bad Day, uh, The Riddler by Tom King and Mitch Gerrits. Uh, this was very surprising. Um, it's kind of a uh, Riddler, or well, it is a Riddler origin story combined with a uh, more. It did. Uh, it did for Riddler what Killing Joke did for Joker, which was make him scary again. Yeah. Because Killing Joke came out in an era where Joker was still the clown prince of crime, mm-hmm. and it was like, no, this is a psychopath who will shoot Barbara Gordon in the spine and paralyze her, and yeah. torment Jim Gordon to. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he takes credit for that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even in the title, they say, they, they credit with one bad day. I mean, that's that's what Joker said, is that all, all it takes is one bad day for a person to go insane, to, to lose their, to just snap. Which, I don't know if that's necessarily true, and, and you know, it, it, that kind of proves the point to the end of Killing Joke with the way that uh, Jim Gordon responds. But, it... One bad day can definitely lead to a lot of trauma. Uh, I would say it would be more accurate to say uh, that a lifetime of trauma and then one final moment yeah. can set you off. Jesus. <clears throat> uh, so this is a story that parallels between flashing back to Riddler's uh, days in uh, primary school uh, and private school. the private school. Uh, and the current day of 
uh, Riddler interacting with Batman. Riddler has committed a very what is it, seen as a is random like, murder. It is like Killing Joke, where it flashes back to his family stuff with his wife. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, telling an origin story while also telling a updated new one-shot story. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the first. Um, this is the first of the one bad day series. Well, yes. yes. So Anthology, the next one, I suppose. Yes. So there was nothing in this issue that made me think there's going to be connective thread, other than them all sort of being maybe killing joke esque. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm sure so we'll have ma- a, be able to spot the thread after the first couple of them. Yeah, it could be you know a sort of origin story, reimagined origin story for all of these characters. Yeah, yeah. If it's reimagined, I mean, we don't. I don't really remember reading a Riddler origin story before. Well, you're so getting another I one guess... in a month with that <laughs> Riddler Year One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. <laughs> Uh, if I had a nickel yeah. for every time we got to see Riddler's origin story, I'd have two You'd nickels, have nickel. which isn't a lot. It's weird it happened twice. Over the span um, of how long? It's been a while. Like a month and a half. It's yeah. been a long time. Something I want to praise really quick is Mitch Garrett's definitely has greatly improved uh, art-wise with oh, yeah. the design of faces. Um he does a really <clears throat> it's a really big challenge to do a fisheye lens and do it well i think that he he grasped that really easily uh, i also think he's taking more risks um with camera angles uh because typically we see things at very like uh eye level uh and not really very much else but that's not necessarily a bad thing so long as it's done right it's just that that's more of what he's been comfortable with um, he steps outside of that comfort zone quite a bit here. Uh, there is a lot of familiarity with the nine panel grids. There is the black panels with an automatopoeia uh, at some point. But the thing that really is impressive about this is just the way in which the story, uh, the direction in which it takes place. Because I didn't really anticipate this making Riddler this intense. Coming off of Tom King's recent Killing Time series, where Riddler was a very kind of fun... I wouldn't go as far as saying campy, but he was a funner version of the character. Mm -hmm. um, That did crack a lot of jokes. And then to come into this... Riddler's been kind of a joke for a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if he's the smartest man in the room, or... Like what? what the, the one time where he's like, I figured out who Batman was. Batman's like, no one's gonna believe you. Yeah. I mean, we're all accustomed to seeing the bowler hat and, you know, Domino mask in the Tom King run. The, the, he definitely tried to change that. Tom doing, King like, has whole... written Riddler three times now, and they have all been drastically different. different. Yeah. Which I like. This is the best version, so so far. I haven't. I He's really liked Killing Time. This guy is this ju- uh, this Riddler is just too overpowered. He's too smart. Yeah. So in this, he I basically he decides to fully unleash. He realized he was tired of the riddles. He wanted to show what he could do without giving all the clues. 
because you look at Killing Time where he left like the cracks in the guy's broken bones were Morse code or something. Yes. And then like he just left his ridiculous clues that Bruce would have to try and solve. And then no here he's like no I can I don't need to leave clues like if I didn't leave clues you would not be able to catch me. Yeah. Yeah. This this is coming out of the discovery that he finally has uh, just come upon his mother, who is implied to be a prostitute, a yeah. lady of the night. And yes. well, let's kind of the you're jumping very far to the end. Let's kind of set the stage. So we get this drawn-out opening sequence of this guy leaving his office. Um, he's on his way home to pick up his daughter to take her to soccer, and all of a sudden the panel just goes black as if he's been killed or taken. And then we get this great scene of we see the CCTV footage of the death where Riddler just walks up, shoots him point blank in the back of the head and then yeah. Bob's your uncle. Yes. Um, Which leads into the uh, preview issues, uh, the preview pages that is shown on social media. The ones you sent to the chat without context. Yeah. Correct. Um, and I love this opening scene. You've got a Jim Gordon Riddler interrogation scene, and Riddler's like, "Where is he?" And Gordon's like, "He's not coming." He says, and I quote him directly here, "Edward's not worth my time." Mm-hmm. That did make me laugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is go ahead. Yeah. So then we get a flashback to him at school where he failed a test because it wasn't logic based the teacher had put a riddle in there to basically encourage the students to think outside the box because life isn't learn to always apply logical what you, yeah. learn to yeah. apply what you've learned not just regurgitate it yeah exactly but this riddler he's his father is the principal or the headmaster of the school and he's an abusive piece of shit yeah Riddler at this Edward what name does he have? Tierney. Tierney, yes. Edward Tierney is a genius, but he is uh but he is just very logic based. He, he like you said, he can regurgitate the information. Mm-hmm. But he has no way of actually applying it to life. Yeah. And then we get a lot of back and forth between these series where, between these two parts of the story where in present day Bruce is hunting him down, trying to piece together clues that just simply aren't there. Um, And we also see Riddler. We get a scene that reminds me of something, but I can't remember what it is, where the guy in the next cell over just kills himself because. Was it Hannibal Lecter? No. I just had that pulled up. Uh, his name was John, maybe? Where is this even? No, the guy he killed at the beginning was John Oates. No, no, the guy, I'm talking about the guy in the cell, yes. Weston, uh, Burt Weston. Burt Weston, who... Who I have to imagine is named after. 
Adam West and Burt Ward. Oh, no, he's not. Um, he he is a uh, character from DC. He was a copycat. He's called. Who was the, he named uh, after them? No, uh, he's the film freak, and his first appearance. Oh, maybe it was in 1986. I I had the. I transposed the uh, the numbers there. Uh, I don't see anything on trivia for his name, but he is referred to as the film freak, which they talk about a bit in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a f- former stuntman, failed actor who impersonates villains. Just for fun. And to get revenge. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, did Hannibal Lecter not talk someone into killing themselves? A cellmate or a guard uh, or something. He didn't. I don't. Well, I, I don't. I don't think did. it was shown. I, I think he, it was just referenced. It was. He, he did. Yeah. He did tell him that he needed to do something to himself that was un, basically like unholy. But I think he asked him, told him to cut off his own face or slit his wrists. No, that was the Gary Oldman character in the second. No, film. no, no, no. I remember now. Uh, to cut out his tongue mm. for what he did. And said to uh, Clarice. Yes. Yes. But I feel like he also talked to, like, some therapist or guard into killing themselves, maybe. I don't know. Anyway. Probably. Yeah. We're just really getting these scenes of Riddler being a horror movie villain. Yeah. Way straight up doing some psychological shit. And doing it really well. Yeah. He basically tricks the guards into shooting each other. Because they're scared of him. Yeah, that was kind of weird. It kind of makes sense if you think about the chaos. Oh, I don't know why they would be like, "Oh my god, I gotta shoot all of my other cop buddies <clears throat> to keep him happy." Versus like, why not just shoot the Riddler? Kill it's the... more <laughs> that the the one wanted to shoot the Riddler, but then he accidentally killed the guy because Riddler ducked. Then they were like, "Put the gun down, man!" He's like, "No, I gotta do it." And they all have and rubber bullets. The... I don't know why. Uh... No, no, no. No, they did have rubber yeah. bullets. That's a good point. Jim says rubber bullets. Gordon says rubber bullets. Rubber baby yeah, baggy did, bumpers. But... Maybe the Maybe cops he, aren't actually uh... dead. Maybe they just knocked each other out. Oh, bruised and bloody. They're just asleep. <laughs> covered in blood. <laughs> what was that college? I fed uh, my fishy to death. <laughs> fishy, no! They go to the farm. They sleep. <laughs> Um, but yeah. Maybe they were carrying firearms on them as well? Uh, maybe. Sorry, th- this this cartridge over here has the rubber bullets, and this cartridge over here has the real bullets, and sometimes yeah, I like right. to juggle them, and I forget which is which. Alec Baldwin just runs in like, I gave you the wrong gun. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Alright. Um, but yeah, um, we get more of Edward's story at school, where he tried to cheat on the test. Um, uh, I mean, there's a there's a lead up to that where he just can't get understand the riddles and he thinks the yeah. teacher's trying to fuck Trick with him. him. Yeah. yeah. And eventually he steals the test, but the teacher changed the question at the last second, so we put the original answer to the first question that was changed. Yeah. Rookie mistake. At least yeah. read the question and be like. Yeah. It is interesting that that 
would end up being the case, you know, that this guy who he thinks is trying to sabotage him would make that last second change, and that is the thing that ends up being the thing that takes his life, uh, or causes him to take his life, because he yeah. just doesn't want to get into trouble with his dad anymore because of the pressure. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the one bad day, and also the henchman basically coming back one day and be like, hey man, I fucked this, guy, this lady that said she was your mom. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a lot. But I think that the reveal for that made a bit of sense. You know, I think that that being the catalyst for what causes him to go, you know, fully off the rails. I thought that that was really clever, unhinged. Mm -hmm. I, I liked it a lot. Um, I think it's nice to see joke characters or characters that are interesting and have been made to be a joke get that power back. I'm more confused about the ending. Well, because... Before we get to the ending, I want to just mention another thing, which is, yeah, like Josh said at the beginning, Riddler says he was the one who suggested it to Joker. He was like, I've got this idea, but I don't have time. I'm busy going in and out of Arkham every week. Why don't mm -hmm. you do this? And then later on, he tells Bruce, oh yeah, I've like I've broken into your mansion. I like, I've looked in I moved through the Matrix with cheat codes. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I watched you sleep. I watched your children sleep. I watched your children grow up. I th and just the one bit that like sent a chill up my spine was when he was like, I think I'll kill a Robin next time. Yeah, he's like, I know your name. I know their names. I've come in. I've watched those kids. Yeah. He was Batman like, maybe not. Bluff. He was like, maybe not one of, maybe not Dick or Tim, but maybe Cass or Stephanie. It was just so. It was chilling having a villain who knows that much about him. Yeah, like everything. That's yeah. why I'm point saying where you're like, he's well, so overpowered. He's, he's so overpowered he, in this. He is so OP, but it just makes it more chilling to have a villain who knows everything about Bruce. And he's like, oh yeah, he's, I might kill Dick. I might kill Tim. I just kind of come by your house just to make sure that you're getting the uh, the riddles done. That you're you're making progress yes. on that. You know, kind of like his father checking in on him. Yeah. Yeah, that's a I good mean, comparison, actually. So, there was an issue... I think it was... At, shortly after the... What's the Jim Lee run? Uh, Hush. Hush. Yeah, shortly after the Hush run, where Riddler does reveal to Batman that he knows his identity. So, he's known that for some time, and if they're thinking about that in canon, then... That's not news, but the news about the knowledge of the cave, of the Robins, of everything else, that's big news. Mm -hmm. But yeah, then he kills the school teacher, and I love that page where it transitions from the memory into present day. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was great. The wind kind mm -hmm. of sweeping by with the leaves all caught up in yeah. it. Um, and Riddler basically tells him, every time you lay a hand on me, I'm going to kill someone. It'll be your fault. Yeah. There will be They're no pattern. There hands. are no more riddles, no more games. Yeah. It's not fun anymore. Yeah, because as Tyler was going to say earlier, he found his mother and he killed her. And while killing her, he's just like, I'm bored with all this. I'm mm -hmm. bored of the riddles. Well... I mean, he even said that the the big motivation for him here has been that he wanted the challenge and he enjoyed that. But once he had this other half of him that he's been asking himself about for so long, 
finally standing in front of him and he just realizes that it's just like this person she's just a person she's just a poor prostitute who is just living day to day there's nothing interesting about that that's what sets him off because he's been made to feel special for so long and he wanted to understand this other half of himself and it, it challenges his own identity so he and the only reason off. Batman can't kill him is his own conviction mm-hmm. um, that's why I'm confused about the ending you mean the scene of Bruce and um, Diane or I mean the scene at the end uh, standing behind Riddler because the implication is that he maybe killed him which if you're looking at the way that killing joke ended that follows follows that pattern I didn't even think about that but you're right because the way the panels go black at the end is exactly the same as when the panels went black at the beginning when he killed that guy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the same thing with Killing Joke, because, yeah. and Morrison's made a really good point about this, it's even in the title, you know, the laughter is stopped, he's mm-hmm. choking out Joker, and that's the the last, the Killing Joke, the moment that causes him to... So, I mean... If this is just outside of the main universe, cool. That's fine. I just am wondering what this means because, again, the implication here is, you know, if he's saying he can adapt and change, maybe he just put him into a coma. Maybe he broke every bone in his body and maybe he just keeps him as a prisoner for life down in the Batcave. Mm. Who the fuck knows? But at this point, because he's, he's so overwhelmingly overpowered, yeah, you just get to Doesn't the really end, and it's just like that scene in No Way Home where he's just got all the vaults in his basement, or mm. all the cells yeah. in his basement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get a great scene between Bruce and this, the wife of the man who died at the beginning, where yeah. she's like, mm-hmm. Batman's supposed to keep her safe, like, what the fuck, that's his whole thing, like, and now, like, he's just going to let Riddler go. But then she kind of answers her own question where she's like, when my daughter goes to play soccer, she can't decide if she likes it or not. She enjoys the game, but can't stand the stress. And when Mm. I've asked about it, she said, Mum, I'm not stupid. It's a game when you watch it, but when I have to play it, it's just me. Which is like, yeah, these people looking at Batman saying he's not doing a good enough job, but when... But he's the one out there on the field having to do it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. I liked that a lot. Yeah. I would like to say more than just praise about it, so I'm going to try to nitpick it uh, a little bit. I've got a nitpick. Um, Go for it. Um, Mitch Gerard's Bruce Wayne is clearly just a traced John Hamm. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) A bulkier John Hamm. Like, his face is bigger than John Hamm's. Yeah. Mitch has said that he wants Batman to be, you know, roughly 50 years old, so John Hamm... I want John Hamm to play Batman. I think he would do a great job. Yeah. 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 Um, I feel like the narrative panels 
uh, in the pages of Batman going and you know rifling through everything is kind of unclear about who is doing the the whose voice that is until you realize like at the end that it's the uh, henchman basically and that was a little confusing and frustrating for me just because I don't know like just color the box I guess a certain way so yeah sometimes it is hard to you gotta read it read it again just to see if you can tell who it was yeah Um, I'm also confused about why Batman was torturing that henchman uh the way that he was because the guy did say yeah. that he was willing to talk so yeah. i i guess i'm trying to understand the motivation there <laughs> batman's just working through some things right he's just a little bit of a sadist <laughs> um i definitely feel like it paced itself well i i don't have any complaints about how it went the direction it did i think that it was beautifully drawn. It was beautifully written. So, I mean, ultimately, I'm going to give it a high score because of all of that. Um, I guess I just have a few nitpicks along the way, you know? Mm. I don't know. Shall we do ratings? 9.25. Tom fair. King is the king of one-shots, and this is yeah. great. He turned Riddler into a horror movie villain. He turns yeah. him into a And he wins. Threat. Yeah. I think... Yeah. Tom King does a great job, as always. Um, I think I'm going to say... probably the same because I feel like it would be a 9.5 if there was even just a smidgen more classic Riddler-esque in it just because like um, while I, I have complaints about the that. character being made to be a but would it, would it be one flashback too many I'm, I'm not even thinking a, a flashback I'm thinking more along the lines of there's no puzzle to solve. And I understand that that's the point. I understand that. There's no riddle. Uh, there's just him causing mayhem. And maybe that ultimately is the quandary. Uh, the question that you have to be asking yourself uh, mm-hmm. is what's the limit? Maybe that's the underlying concept. And if that's yeah. the case, that's kind of a deep thought process to go through. I don't know. I, I they it's, keep bringing up like the giant typewriters and yeah. I love that. I love that Bill Finger design of like oversized things and and, and yeah. contraptions that don't make sense, you know. Did you it's, see the uh it's the video camp. I sent? I sent the video of uh what the hell is his name? Paul Shore and Carrot Top. Did you watch that? Mhm. No. Weird duo to match up with, but they go basically to Carrot Top's giant garage and he kind of goes through some of his props he's like here's my prince giant prince symbol or like i'm looking for this very specific prop and i imagine the riddler at one point just had a warehouse just full of props like the giant (laughs) typewriter i could see that honestly yeah so (laughs) yeah definitely gonna rate this uh issue very highly but it just sets such a high bar for the other what's other seven there's there's seven more 64 
prestige format um, specials. Yeah, mm-hmm. but just I'm gonna just set your bar slightly lower, Josh. This is the series peaked with this. <laughs> I know, right? You lead with this, <laughs> you idiots. You never know, honestly. Mariko Tamaki is doing a story, and I think that that might be interesting. She is. Yeah, prove me wrong. More I didn't even pick this head. up because I, you know, it's. I I know it it's, it's Tom King, but still, like, who cares about the Riddler? And then, Jesus. He pulled a sneaky on you. Yeah, you he now did. care about the Riddler. <laughs> if um, but for a moment, America, Riddler is America the Riddler is no more, doing the. Two face, yeah. Uh, uh, you guys mentioned the uh, the ending, you know, similar to the Killing Joke, where it just fades to black. So, uh-huh. No more Riddler; he's gone forever, never to be seen again. Yeah. Uh, interesting. John Ridley's doing the Penguin issue. Yes, and I bet you're excited for the Mister Freeze one, aren't you, Tyler? Fuck no. It's weird that they they have the. Uh, like, the Riddler here is not the Riddler that we see in the comic. Like, that Riddler in the comic was bald versus this guy has hair. He doesn't paint the the black eyeliner around his eyes. So it, it's kind of weird. That On this the two-page spread at the repres- back. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, just artistic liberties, yeah. I guess. What kind of one bad day is Ra's al Ghul going to have? <laughs> He's probably had a lot of bad days. I've had more bad days bad than days. you've been alive. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um You do make you an excellent point, Josh. What? What'd you say? What was Tom? your score? I said you made an excellent point. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, nine point two five sounds about right. It's it's surprisingly fantastic. Surprisingly delicious. Magically delicious. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're not wrong. I'm kind of happy they avoided the leprechaun thing with him. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That was a really annoying thing that they did a long while back. Uh, anyways, I guess we can move on. So, we have another Batman issue. Uh, and this is Batman the Night number 8 by Chip Zdarsky and Carmine de Gian Domenico. This was yeah. great. Yeah, not I as read good this as first yeah, I, I this fucking first, and now hated it's like... the first half of this. Why? Yeah. Because I didn't know where the fuck this was going until they got. <laughs> I got to the end, and I was like, "Ah, this is gonna lead up to Rage." I okay, wondered if, if. Oh Rachel no! I knew it was gonna be Rage. Raz, as soon Raish, as... however you want to say his name. Raz. I, yeah, Raz Al Ghul. It's Rage. It's Rage. I heard it both ways. It's Rage. It's Raz. No. Um. Anyway, no, I'm, I think I'm, I would have been more disappointed with this if I had read the Riddler first and then read this. I did read the Riddler first and then read this, so that probably <laughs> has something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, we're kind um, of speed running I, in the first half of this. Yeah, I yeah. messaged you guys the other day and said, Ghostmaker just reminds me of um, your childhood friend from the Pokemon games, where each time he shows up, he's like, my, I, I have become more powerful than you since we last met. Yeah. <laughs> and then proceeds to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Is this is this guy that uh shit. The guy he goes to see, what's his name? Um Doctor Captio. Daniel. Yeah, I've never Captio. heard of this character before. Yeah, so is he a new character? He has to be. Let's yeah. have a look. Yes. 
so he's there to help train Bruce's mind. Except, you know, accept the dark side, go to that dark side sort of thing. Like, he can train you to control your brain. Yeah. Some pretty meta stuff. And along the way, we find out that Ghostmaker's paid him a visit before. Mm-hmm. He's always and, one step ahead of Bruce. And Bruce, uh, the Doctor gives him some pictures, and he's like, your friend killed these people, and it's Alfred and um, mm-hmm. Dana. Dana, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then immediately after he bursts through as it's um, happening yes Ghostmaker bursts through the door and he's no, like, don't call him Ghostmaker his name's Anton oh sorry Anton spoilers he's not Ghostmaker yet although we did see him in costume in the first page yeah no second the third second, page third he's yeah. just in the distance has that been revealed in the main series that Ghostmaker is this guy? No. Do you know anything um, about Ghostmaker at this point? We know he had a past and he trained with Bruce, but his name is not Anton in the main series. Hmm. Which is why people were surprised when it was revealed by Tynion accidentally that, oh yeah, read Batman the Night if you like Ghostmaker. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me because I remember reading Anton and being like, oh, this is an interesting character. And then it becomes Ghostmaker and I'm like, wait. Well, he's made, huh? he's made him an interesting character. Yeah, I'm not faulting them for that. I guess I'm. Just, I mean, the the implication to me was that Ghostmaker was Asian, uh, and that he was not named Anton. So yeah. that's where I was confused. Anton is un, of unknown origin, though. So he could be Asian. Anton looks like he is more South American. Yeah. Well, based on the way that he's, he's being portrayed, he's done a lot to basically hide his identity. Like he doesn't really have an accent or. Things like that. Yeah, but like even I have an accent. It's considered the more northwesty, like American accent. It's it's just like the he, least. He accent-y just talks accent. like uh, that's, you all sound the same to like, us. That's just not true. You all talk like this. Wait until you hear someone from Kentucky. Yeah, actually, this, like, this whole time, this whole time, Anton has just. Sounded exactly like Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> what a story, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. He's coming. He's Have you outside. seen his audition tape as uh, the Joker? Yes. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. Um, I don't know. I wanted to like this a bit more than I did. I feel like it's not the strongest one in the series, but that ending is really damn good. Yeah. Uh, That's what I yeah. will oh, praise. Man. Uh, I've seen this sort of thing play out, I think, where it's basically like you fight, you defeat the guy, and then he basically, you know, kind of disappears on something, like he's on a moving train or something and moves away. But the whole, Mm -hmm. like, he's waiting for you, come to him, your training is not complete. The waves crash over and then he disappears. I did like that. Yeah. It's very cinematic. Yeah. Again, I'm not fault. I really liked that ending. I think the ending was really, yeah. really well done. Yeah, it says, you know, the final test begins, and I thought he'd be around this guy, and it turns out, oh, they are going to do Raish Raz Al Ghul for this series. So, I'm Which glad. I'm really happy about, because yeah, it's, it, it would be incredibly wrong. Because he was teased in the entirely. North Korea issues. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Or I don't think they mentioned him by name. They were like, oh, these students have come from somewhere else. Oh, I thought, I, he was training. I thought he was training in North Korea, that first master that he goes to in like issue Question. four. How do you guys feel about how they did the uh, origin of Batman's training in Batman Begins? Um, it was. I thought it was fine. fine. They yeah. do, they don't cover it for too long. Like he he goes and just kind of uh, bushwhacks his way across the world until he finds out about uh, the League of Shadows, and then he's invited up there. I don't really have an issue with it, but I definitely think it was an interesting choice to have him be like be a prisoner, you know, uh, yeah. go climb up the mountain, you know, witness the culture the, of Find the, the flower. Yeah, the whole the whole experience was interesting. I don't necessarily want to make a comparison of every League of Shadows uh, story to that. But it was done really well. So in this upcoming one, I'm going to be thinking about the movie. I'm going to be thinking about Neil Adams' run. Um, I don't know. I, I'm really excited to see where this is going to go. Chip Zdarsky doing something with Rachel Gould is going to be very entertaining. Mm. Um, I'm more con interested to see how this is going to end with issue 10. Because if this is going to be like precursor to Batman Year One. Yeah. And it's before he gets into Gotham and does the Frank Miller kick a tree in half. You know, is there going to be an interaction with Gordon at some point? Is there going to be uh, an no, interaction? No, I reckon issue 10 will end with him backing Gotham. I think that would make sense. Um, do you think that there's going to be anything else from this 10-issue series that Chip Zdarsky will bring into his um, run? Well, he said, this, he said this was entirely written before he got yeah. the main job. Mm. Sure. But he yeah. then did also say that it could inform parts of his run, there could be references to it, callbacks. Yeah. Or, mm. This was yeah. this was twenty eight pages long. So I mean the last two issues are probably about the same length. So that's more like, you know, three issues worth of material right there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I want to rate this. I, in a vacuum. I'm recognizing. I just I, I'm 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 recognizing my own bias towards my issues with the first half of this, and then I'm really appreciating the way that it ended. But I'm still looking back on it and having a lot of the same feelings. I feel like using uh, Captio as a story device to bring about. Anton into uh, the foray and his interaction with uh, the League of Us League of Shadows. Uh, what's the name of the guy? The the guy in the cape. The silence. The the still essence. The still. Yeah. So dumb. Um, I don't know. I feel like this maybe could have gone a different route. I definitely agree with what Josh said. It definitely wants to go really fast within that first those first couple of pages but is that fair of me to give it that criticism when it, it's probably the intent to get to that point i guess i'm just wondering about the the purpose behind captio as a part of this plot if that makes sense i don't know what do you think 
I feel like Capsio exists purely because they needed another trainer to be in this issue to kind of push the plot forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was going to be here for a while since it says the final test is here, but now we're actually moving on. Sean, you have a lot of really good criticisms when it comes to uh, stuff like this. Tell me what you thought like when you were going when you were reading this. Um, I really liked what it did with Bruce and Anton. I think their relationship through this series has been really good. Agreed. Um, I do agree about Captio being kind of just forced in there because they needed a trainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're too, but I think it was handled well, and I think Captio trying to trick Bruce into thinking his like his loved ones are dead to try and push him forward. I think it was good, but this issue was 30 pages, but I feel like we could have had just two or three more pages just to build up Captio and Bruce. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It but, almost seemed like a sort of precursor to the League of Shadows. Like, training your brain and... Yeah. I feel like there should uh, be well, a connection between Captio and the League of Shadows, or something. A, a connection to something else other than just standalone. I live on the edge of the world and I am the greatest. You're all meaningless and mean everything to me. Yeah. I, I recognize that Captio is supposed to be this figure that really is trying to remove the humanity from Bruce Wayne in order to become Batman, the Dark Knight. And I, I recognize that, and I recognize the rebellion against that to retain his humanity, to utilize his anger, and co- recognizing that it comes from a place Tyler, of love. bro, you're thinking about this way too hard. Just say a number between eight and nine. and we're done yes I'm gonna say an 8 that's a number between 8 and 9 you can't be upset Sean true No. I'm just happy he stopped talking (laughs) Um, okay well that takes us on to me and Tyler briefly World's Finest 6 by Mark Wade and Travis Moore yeah Travis Moore brilliant artist gorgeous love this very campy loved everything about it Ooh, you don't you don't agree. I liked parts of it, but I think it didn't play to Wade's strengths. I think if this was like a Tom Taylor issue, it would have been amazing. It just felt a little I don't know. I also feel like Travis Moore's artwork doesn't look good in motion. And some of his panelling is weird. I definitely disagree. I feel like he was like, a really good choice on this issue. You've got the first two pages where you see this the guy with the gun, he's like stood outside the tent with a giraffe, then all of a sudden the gun's in his hand, and the next panel, Dick's kicking out of his hand and they're inside a tent. I didn't really have any confusion with that. I, I didn't necessarily There's think n- that he was going to shoot the giraffe or anything. It's just strange that they could have just had someone else looking at the giraffe. Okay, yeah, I think that's a valid criticism. Because yeah. I'm like, okay, he's about to shoot someone, or like, then all of a sudden he's in a tent trying to shoot a lion. I think that you have to look at it as a book trying to capture the nature of the Silver Age, and it does a really I good job of that. I guess so. That scene of Dick and Bruce on... We should probably just mention the story. Last arc, Dick got stuck back in time. Um, they didn't know where he was. But he left them a message under a rock because, of course, he did. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so they go back to rescue him, but he's trying to solve a murder at the. He's with a circus group because. Pause. Say murder again. Murder. God, that's hot. Keep going. Um. Yeah, he's trying to solve a murder. There's been a murder. The best accent to say that word in is Scottish. That's very true. Murder? (laughs) (laughs) That was perfect, Josh. Well done. That was amazing. Thank you. I tried my hardest. Yeah, so Dick's at a circus. Because where else can he blend in in a (laughs) red and green outfit? Yeah. Maybe he's, you know, for old time's sake... Which Robin is this? They said that this was this Dick. Uh, Dick, right? Yeah. yeah okay, cool. Um, the scene of when Dick's doing some trapeze work just to kill time while at the circus, and all of a sudden Bruce joins him on the trapeze, and it is the gayest scene I've seen in a Batman comic ever. <laughs> oh, whatever. I've seen much gayer scenes in Batman comics. They like catch each other, and Dick's like Bruce, and he's like Dick, and it's just so. I get it's silver agey, but because the artwork is just insanely hot, it just makes it so sexual. <laughs> Travis Moore is a very... He he does draw them in a very Attractive soft way. manner. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the way that he does Superman's pecs, good God. Yeah. His so nipples. Because they're trying to blend in, Superman's decided to just take his shirt off and just wear the red undies, and he's a uh-huh. um, strong man. Strong man. Yeah, holy god, it's very homoerotic. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like I would have enjoyed this more with an artist who didn't make everything look so horny. Sexy? Yeah. Um, there I don't was, mind. There were some good moments in this, but I don't think it's the best issue of the arc. I feel like, Of the arc? No. I feel like had Tom Taylor written this, he could have elevated it to the next level. I think that you have to... I already said looking at it through the lens of a story being told by like a Silver that. Age comic. The Silver Age, yeah. But I think that it's also Mark Wade kind of playing to what he read growing up, right? Because he's, what, 50s, 60s? He must be in his 60s point? now. Yeah. So he's very familiar with, like, collecting the original. Oh, he is 60. Finest. There you go. You know, uh, the comic books that he read were very much like this, very camp, kind of, you know, problem of the week sort of stuff. And for that, I I applaud it uh, in succeeding in what it does. I hear your criticism. I feel like this kind of goes back to one of the things I've said before, which is if you are faulting a creator for doing what they intended to do, is it a valid criticism? True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't hate it. it just, I don't think... I think it was underwhelming. I think this could have been told a lot better. I think that there... This was mostly for fun. And for that purpose, I think it's fine. It's definitely not the best issue of the series. But uh, I'm hopeful that Mark Wade is going to carry some of this love for these characters in this universe moving forward because I'm really excited for the Batman versus Robin stuff. 
Yeah. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see if he's going to do more modern Mark Wade or if he's going to be doing Silver Agey style Mark Wade. But I liked it. I'm well, going to give it. This an... is set ambiguously back in time, so like yeah. back in the Silver Age almost. So I feel sure. like whereas the new one, it's Damian Wayne spinning directly out of Robin and Shadow War. It's going to be very interesting to see. Yeah. Have you caught up on Robin yet? No, not yet. I'm on it'd like be, two issues away, I think. Yeah, it'd be worth catching up before the mini comes out. I have to because it's Mark Wade. Yeah, exactly. Listen, I know you hate me, but I think we both realize that we have a shared love of Mark Wade. Meh. Josh, just have a look at this picture <laughs> and tell me if it's not the gayest thing you've ever seen in a Batman comic. Okay. It's not the gayest thing. Have you read the original Golden Age stuff? Tell me it's not the gayest thing you've seen in a modern Batman comic. <laughs> okay. okay, modern Batman. Okay, fair enough. And we dance the dance, the tango in the air. We need Warner Herzog. I danced the dance in the air. And <laughs> the dance the dance in the air. What are you rating? He saw it, his penis. Um, I'm going to give it an 8.7. No, 8.5. I'll give it a 7.75. That's fine. I respect that that's your opinion. Mm. That's, how, that's how you're nice to your co-hosts. You should take a lesson. Mm. So, we're going to move on to Silver Coin 13 by Johnny Christmas and Michael Walsh. Oh, and I hate name. this. You hate oh, this? Oh, you hate it? I fucking hate hated this? it. This thing right here. You'll be having my baby. Baby. Um, I, I thought it did some really good stuff. I think it was... I very... knew, uh, I knew from like the second or third panel where this was going. You mean the one, the panel that said she was pregnant? You're gonna have my baby, Forgotten and the out. day is July seventeenth, nineteen ninety nine. This baby is gonna Forgotten be born day. on January first, two thousand, and gonna be possessed by the, not the ring, sorry, the coin. Pregnant. Pregnant. Pregnant? Pregante. Oh my god. This is some um, uh, H.R. Geiger level of body horror. I liked the body horror elements. I just don't... It, it's so dramatically different from everything else Silvercoin-esque. Yeah. Um, but I like that it had a different feel to it. It wasn't someone getting the coin and going crazy and killing their loved ones yeah. again. She's given sure. the coin in the uh, uh, phone booth, and she basically can't let go of it. It's it's stuck to, into her hand, basically. Do you remember the um, casino issue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was done in a way that wasn't a person going crazy because yeah. of the coin, right? And we've seen a more mystical side of the coin as well with Joshua Williamson's video game one. Yeah. We've seen a lot of different takes. This one is really out there, though, because it implies more. It implies that the coin wants to make children? Uh, yeah. Well, have what like you got to think is... A more physical presence to move and go about at their own accord. In present day, these children are now going to be in their 20s. So he's basically yeah. built an army. We have the uh, the news clippings at the end of the issue. Yeah, that but was the, I loved this, how it ended with that. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, some of these 
I don't know. The, like, when he... The coin has possessed the boy. And she's having the vision of the boy after the car crash. That is some, like, uh, Rick and Morty level stuff right there. Look at me in my bag of meat made of gristle and glands. I can't wait it is until into I can run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... How can I put this? I understand that there's an element of the, most of this is like happening in her head and everything, and that's fine. the <laughs> The part where she's like giving birth in the car and it's affecting everybody that was good. That was totally fine. Yeah. It and I don't even mind the body horror thing happening inside of her head. I'm just confused about why she's levitating and people's heads popped. That it's just part of the birth, man. You've never been you've yeah. never been present for the birth of a child. It that's totally I normal. Have. Yeah, this, I mostly this... was cursed at. <laughs> yeah, the head popping thing was a little weird, but outside yeah. of that, I liked it, and I really it, liked the ending. It's well, I know I I've compared it to H.R. Uh, Geiger body horror, but it's also kind of like Lovecraftian horror, where you're bringing this eldritch being into reality, and it just causes just head explosion. May yeah, head explosion, mayhem, just. The, uh, the explosion in Watchmen, just everybody in a two-mile radius got a concussion. Yeah. I just... I don't know. I, I feel like it's on the same par as that Jeff Lemire issue. It's it's trying too hard to be too yeah. different. And it's sort and of that's like kind a, of where I'm at with it. You know, we see, we see what happens, and it's kind of like almost a Pyrrhic victory. Like, she's able to wrench back control and release the coin and it seems like all uh, is all is good but all of these babies instead of the one child is born i'm not sure about that mm -hmm. like was that always the plan to have all of these children or if it was like instead of one child being born it was just you know the the powers <laughs> of this coin just being diffused to all the other kids you know when a woman gives birth and she has like super powerful orgasms no, that's yes. not a thing. Oh, well, let's pretend it, uh, is, maybe it is for this instance. Um, it is absolutely a thing. Josh? Um, basically, her breaking free of the Silver Coin's influence was post-nut clarity. Jesus Christ. Damn it, man. <laughs> the weirdest part is that she's moved from, like, middle of nowhere. I would assume this, this is... Uh, Maybe this all was set in Australia, but uh, now she's just living by the uh, Sydney Opera House. She goes out on her front porch, and she's at the Sydney Opera House. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Uh, I don't think the whole thing was set in Australia, though, because at no point did anyone say, Good day, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I don't know. It's just not to my personal liking as far as, like, of the series. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've read anything by Johnny Christmas before. I, I don't think so at all. I honestly thought it was a fake name and it was going to be, like, I don't know. Oh, you mean, like, a stand-in for somebody else? Yeah. Like, like surprise, big you bought, yeah, I was going to say surprise, you bought Guggenheim. <laughs> Um, he is a... 
New York Times best-selling graphic novelist, writer of image comic sci-fi series Tartarus and Crema. Um, he's currently hard at work on three new middle grade graphic novels for the Harper Alley imprint of HarperCollins. Hmm. Okay, so he is an established writer. Alright. Oh, well, and he also adapted William Gibson's lost screenplay for Alien 3 into a critically acclaimed graphic novel. Good for him. No. Okay. Alrighty, Rue. I well, like this. Uh, you guys rate it. It's... Like a seven point five seven seven five. Yeah, it's very middle of the road for me. I think seven point five makes sense. I'm gonna give it an eight. Well, aren't you a contrarian? Okay, well that takes on to Firepower Twenty Three by Robert. <laughs> Not much to talk and... about with this. We can just power through this. Yeah. It took about thirty seconds to read this. Yeah. God, seriously. I caught up on four issues of this right before we started this. And yeah. okay. I read this, them all in about ten minutes. This right here. Have you ever seen the movie Howl's Moving Castle? Yes. So this is like I this has to have been taken right out of a scene from Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, I could see that. Yeah, I don't wanna ruin too many spoilers, but there's a scene just like this. For our listeners, it's the scene in Firepower with the uh, dragon attacking the... Yeah, the bat people. Uh, the dragons yes. basically, they have their gliders that they fly in on from their blimp. And mm -hmm. the dragon is just going, just bowling through them. Um, uh, what's the best way I can put this? Chris Samney is a hell of an artist and he, being, uh, uh, giving was, him uh, an entire issue just for him is great. This was Chris Samney's red period. I don't know what that means. We talked about Picasso's blue period. Oh, okay. Yeah. I maybe they'll save it for the next issue because this is issue twenty three This is issue twenty three and the end of the arc is next issue. They got every time every issue they're basically like this is the the next issue is the biggest thing we've done yet. The end of the arc is the the next firepower issue. universe will never be the same again. Yeah, they're like they're they're saying twenty four. The end of the arc is going to be huge, and uh, but 25, huge. 25 is our big is another big uh, issue. It's going to be epic. Dot 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 <laughs> epic. Um, I maybe so maybe it'll happen in the next issue, but I kind of expected. Uh, Owen to have some sort of a power up here like oh no my blasts aren't doing it I can't blast through the scales of the dragon and then he basically just makes the dragon eat a fireball and that's it because mm. at one that point was... uh, an issue or two ago his son blasts a blue fireball like he's finally able to make a fireball and blast like a different colored fireball I expected him to kind of power up you know, like in uh, Dragon Ball Z, he powers up and his aura changes and he goes Super Saiyan and the whole power set just changes. Everything's more powerful. Yeah. Have they said how many issues is going to be in this series or is it just ongoing? Ongoing. Okay. I don't know if 
I'm back at that point again where I'm like, do I want to keep reading this? Like, there's a lot of points where I've really enjoyed a lot of the series, but it's just... It's been kind of consistent with the, these action-heavy issues, and it's just... I It's a kung fu book. Fine. I get that. But... I don't know. I guess I would like a little bit more plot? Yeah. I don't know. Am I wrong for that? No, I agree. The fact that it took me... 10 minutes to read four issues says a lot. Yeah. What was the name of the guy who did uh, the silent issue of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? That guy did that really well. It felt like every panel was a moment in time that you really wanted to capture. Even down to the implication of like the phone being off the hook. Well, actually, they didn't keep that in. It was this, They had to keep the phone on the hook for uh, censorship issues, but still. Hmm. Silent issues, or in this case, mostly silent issues, can work. And did it do what it was going for? Yeah. But I, it's it's almost just like getting a quick meal. You know, you're not really getting the time to savor it. Mm. You know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't really have much else to say. No, it seems fine. Yeah. It seems fair. It's, it's fine, but... It is one of those series I'm just kind of waiting for it to end at this yeah. point. I don't know. They or, don't say how long they plan to go. They seem to think it'll go for a while, but uh, I thought it might end at like 30 or 36 like they did with Oblivion Song. I yeah. yeah. It doesn't feel like it's got much more longevity. Yeah. I mean, well, they've already kind of broken out into world tour. They go back to the old masters. I mean, what more is there to do? You look at, mm-hmm. like, Walking Dead and Invincible, where it had such a steady pace the whole way through. Eh. Whereas, Invincible was just, like, balls to the wall the whole time. Yeah. But you always felt like you were never wanting it to end. And you kind yeah. of felt like it had legs. But with mm-hmm. this, you're kind of like, we thought it might be, like, an 18-issue series because it seemed to be wrapping up before. And then it kind of kept going, and now we're just really sort of waiting for it to stop existing. Hmm. Yeah. Do you want to rate it? Anything else to say? I'm going to give it a 7.5. It's fine. It's a perfectly acceptable comic. Just yeah. enough. Just just, just to the, the point where I can read it. And entertaining. Be fine. Yeah, I'll give it 7.75 sure. just because the art is really nice. Yeah, 7.75 seems fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Okie dokie. I, I wish Moving I could on. just write a script that says draw fight scene for 20 issues, one page God, of dialogue, really. and get paid Robert Kirkman money. Yeah, God, seriously, though. All right. Well, this is going to uh, bring us on to the last issue, uh, which is the Banner of War ending uh, Hulk number seven. Finally. Hulk Mania! It's Hulk number eight, Tyler. Whatever. Yeah, thank you. Um, the previous issue of this crossover came out over two months ago. Yep. The first four Been issues came out long. weekly, and then we had to wait two and a half months for the final issue. Yep, makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. I really liked what this crossover did for Hulk, but I hated what it did for Thor. And that I mean, was because... outside of giving Gamma powers, what else did it do? Uh, well, he got the Gamma Powers, destroyed the Bifrost, destroyed the World Tree. 
Yeah, but both of those got recovered. Did they? Yeah. With the power of his gamma, he with uh, Mjolnir, they took away the gamma, and then he re They brought back the Yggdrasil and the Bifrost. It's fine. The Bifrost is still Recon, destroyed Recon. at the end. Hmm. Okay, well then Yggdrasil is the only thing that was recovered. Okay. Um, yeah. I feel like Thor's influence... Like, Johnny Cates' Thor writing rubbed off better on Hulk, and then the Hulk writing had a negative impact on <laughs> Thor. I, I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree, actually. Um, I just really don't like what he's doing with Hulk, and that scene at the end where Hulk, like, morphed into his Robocop outfit. Oh, the you know the one I mean. He yeah, literally, you see, like, all these bits of metal, like, come out of his body and start, like, wrapping around him and putting his visor back on and stuff. Nanobites? I don't see the point in this. I'm, gonna say I'm confused about what's going on with Kate. What? Because I made this the right is call. not like what happened. Shut up. I actually hopped off. I, I got rid of my... Uh, Cancelled my Hulk, Hulk subscription as well. I'm still enjoying Thor. This crossover's going to be mediocre, Thor. but... Yeah. This run has been so much fun, but just the crossover's been so mediocre. Also, at the end of the issue... Who do we get but Josh's wife's favourite Thor characters? The goats. The screaming goats. Huh. Um, I, I really feel like this Hulk run with Cates is going to end at like issue 12 or something. Kind of like what happened with Guardians of the Galaxy. God, I hope so. At this point. I just don't see it being a long-lasting thing. Yeah, weird. I hope he writes Thor for a long, long time because I'm loving that run. It's very apparent what characters he is in love with because he puts a fuckload into them. Venom, I, Thor. He's just trying to make Hulk too cool. And I feel like the stuff with Banner going crazy in El Paso and Titan, all of that stuff's really cool. Why does he have to be wearing a Robocop cosplay during all of it? It is, it is becoming a lot. I was fine with it the first three issues, and now I'm tired of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as a crossover goes, typically what I would at least like of a crossover is to make me engaged uh, and make me motivated to want to go read yeah, the Josh's other series as well. Yeah, Josh's face said it all. Hmm. I just yeah. sent him a picture of the Hulk repairing himself and getting back yeah. into costume. So that pops, like, out from inside of him? Or, like, yes. just out of his butt? He's filled his body with nanites, basically, yeah. Nanites? Okay. Nanobots. Nanobots. Roll yeah, out. Yeah. It's it's literally just done in case, just being like, fuck it, just throw a bunch of shit at it. I think the first four issues of this crossover were a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I liked seeing Odin There's only Isn't there only four This was issues? a fifth issue. Okay. Yeah. I like seeing Odin going into Bruce's mind and trying to heal him and help him. Oh, who's piloting Starship Thor? <laughs> Wait, what's what's Thor's alter ego? If if Bruce Banner is piloting Thulk. Hulk, then Thulk. Uh, Thor alter ego is uh, Jonathan. Who's the Donald Blake? Donald, Donald Blake. Blake is pi- yeah, that's the name I was trying to remember. We dealt with Donald Blake this run. We did. That was cool. Yeah, though, like... 
he basically Odin created an ideal world where Donald Blake would be transported to Ooh. when he wasn't Thor. Oh, a but world then, without Thor. Yeah, it was like your typical like sixties suburbs, like the perfect yeah. world where he could just chill until Thor called on him. I'm just but driving then, around in my old Camino, drinking. Yeah, Bruce but then Hayes. he mm-hmm. then he realized it wasn't real and went crazy and killed everyone in that fictional world. Mm-hmm. It was it was it's really like good. Donald Blake back in the Pokeball. Get back in the Pokeball, Donald Blake. It's no, exactly then, right, actually. Then he inhabited Thor's body and Thor was trapped in this dead world. And mm. Donald Blake was just going around hunting everyone who's wielded Mjolnir. Jonathan? Yes. So he went after Jane Foster, he went after yeah. the little frog guy. Throg. Ah, oh, poor Throg. John uh, the Frog. I liked it. I thought that that whole run was very comic booky fun and i yeah. think that it did a great job uh i don't know i'm really confused about what his motivation here is with hulk because when he announced that he got the book he advertised it as marvel has given me the keys to the biggest strongest one there is and that had a lot of implications but hulk oh has yeah just we really also esta- we also established here thor wins in a fight yes because he holds back yes mm. So um, I liked most of this crossover. Most of the crossover, I'll give like an eight out of ten, maybe an eight point two five at a push. But okay. the final issue ending, wrapping it up, was like a seven. Yeah, I agree. I feel like the crossovers have been like an eight for me, and then a seven for this issue. So we're pretty much in the same agreement. Um, are you going to be reading the Planet Hulk World Breaker Greg Pak stuff coming out, the five issue miniseries? Probably not. I've not read any of Pack's run. Pack is has done some really good stuff. I feel like the Cho stuff doesn't really make any sense to me, but it was still fine. Um, I'm well, looking at the solicits for November. Different. Yeah, Pack did World at the... War Hulk and Planet Hulk. He yeah. wrote the definitive Hulk run. Sorry, Josh. Uh, I still feel like Peter David did the better job. Maybe, but when you think of like iconic Hulk stories, everyone always says World War Hulk. Yeah, but I feel like that's because people d- tend to forget what yeah. Peter David did. You know, people don't. People have like completely I, forgotten that. Yeah, I've read none of it, so I'm just saying, like from an outside perspective, World War Hulk is one of the few Hulk stories I can name. Um, you don't need to start. I don't really want to titles. Title. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm just going to say that if you get the chance, like a ten minute to read about the Hulk. No, I was just going to say that if you get the chance to read uh, the omnibus of uh, Peter David's run, do it, because it's genuinely does that mean absolutely I, gold. Does that mean I have to let Josh win and I read Maestro? <laughs> yes. Absolutely, because that Maestro stuff, holy shit. Blow your mind, man. It, liter- it really is, like, fuck, really good. Just the future um, imperfect so the reason stuff I ask, or all the subsequent miniseries. I've never read any of the miniseries. The future imperfect stuff, like that main storyline, is phenomenal. Yes, it's incredible. Um, so I'm looking for the advertisements, the solicitation. Excuse me for the Marvel November solicitation for Planet Hulk. It says a thousand years from now on the planet Sakar, a young woman with green skin searches for the legendary Green Scar to help save her brother from a group of apocalyptic cultists. 
But which Hulk will she find? And after all these years, is he truly the Sakaar son? Who will save us all, or the world breaker? Who will destroy us? A shocking expansion and culmination of the mythos of Sakaar. What's so, it's, it's... Me? Yeah, I didn't listen to it's the. It's the advertisement for the solicitation for Planet Hulk World, world Breaker okay. for Greg Pack. So the reason I'm, I'm saying all of that is because it, it's basically going to be Maestro. Yeah. It's going to be a new series of that. Well, that's what I said the, oh, the week when Hulk. I sent this to the chat. I was like, Josh, I want Maestro. Mum, we have Maestro at home. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's, uh, that's pretty much it that we read. Any shout-outs? No. Not right now. Okay. Cool. That's fine. What about you? No. I'm still well, hard at work watching Better Call Saul and yeah. Top Gun. <laughs> and I am hard. And on that note, I guess we can end it. So I uh, guess we'll we still have call stuff to do. We got our uh, next week. And no, that's it. Tyler, you said you had an email from a reader, a listener. Uh, you're right. Yes, absolutely. Let me let's get that pulled up one second. Let's do pick of the week. Um, let's just speed through this. It's Riddler, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, All yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, no questions. <laughs> okay, now you can do the email. All right, let me get into there. Log me in, please. Anyway, uh, Top Gun domestically has beat out Avengers Infinity War. It's still maybe vying for the top ten most profitable. But uh, Paul Bettany has said, uh, now I, what was it? My wife basically has one more thing to gloat over me in the uh, household. About the only connection. I feel like your children are murdering each other. Uh, they're outside. Everyone's outside yelling about something. Such a large house, and they're just gonna be right outside this window. Okay. Come on now. Josh needs to go see his children, Tyler. Hurry up. I know, I know, I know, I know. Alright, it's not letting me log in, so that's Okay. okay. I'll just, we'll do it next time. Paraphrase. That's fine. Yeah. If it's what I can remember, uh, it was uh, actually about Jeff Johns. So I wanted to get a more direct quote about it, but I'll, I'll just paraphrase from what I can remember. Um, when it comes to people who are successful and they are uh, considered problematic, is it fair to and justified to um, continue reading them or defending them when they have been uh, questionable in the past? Now, for me... Because of the way, the nature in which most of the other people who have been cancelled have been cancelled, I feel like that's really easy to just look at and then go, sure, cool. Like, that sucks that he was a bad person. It sucks that that... Like, Warren Ellis is the one I keep going back to. But if there are still creators who are working with him, wanting to work with him, it's a different time than it was 20, 30 years ago. I feel like he is being called out mostly because of the Snyder Cut fans. And I think that's where that's mostly coming from. Yeah, it's interesting that there was never a word about him before the Snyder Cut stuff kicked off. There wasn't. There wasn't anything. Oh, I didn't know any of that lined up. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure maybe he's a pretentious writer. He's very successful. Like, maybe. Maybe that's it. But that's... No. I I don't know if if the timing had anything to do with it. Uh, I mean, there, there is, I think, the... I don't know how old the adage is, but I've heard it forever. Uh, you know, never meet your heroes. Yeah. Like, most people are shit. Uh, 
And then there's also trying to separate the artist from the art. Agreed. Kind of thing. Uh, but some things are, you know, reach a level of not being excusable. Like, you can't yeah, get absolutely. away from from the artist. Scott, you can't get Scott away Scott Snyder f- seems like the most wholesome family man I've ever seen. And if he gets out of God, anything, seriously. I'm going to be heartbroken. Yeah. I don't think that he could at this point. But this is also what I mean. I feel like we're also in an age of I'm throwing sure people always, under the bus. There's always something shitty you could find out about something. But is it going to be enough for me to not want to read them? I mean... Uh, it would have to be something big. It would have to be something worthwhile. Like being overtly racist or overtly sexist or doing sexual assaults or something. In the case of Warren Ellis, at least, like... I don't really even understand the extent of that. All I know is that there were people who felt like he was grooming them, and I don't know if he slept with them or he was just creeping. I don't really know, but it sounds like it was a power thing mostly. Yes. Uh, you know, if it came out, you know, Jeff Lemire neglects his kids, we know. We know this. <laughs> is that going to make you yeah. stop watching or stop reading his comics? Maybe not. Yeah. Like, we do- I'm not a fan of Dan Didio because I am patently aware of his extreme desire to want to alter characters and alter storytellers' yeah. uh, ideas. I mean, there's, there's big enough people that have become kind of icons themselves that are shit in their own right. Think, like, Steve yeah. Jobs and people are still able to separate the iPhone or anything Apple-related from him. Yeah. I would agree with that. I I don't know. I just don't feel like he's done anything to really merit being given all of this hostility. And I feel like it's mostly just Tumblr kids just being pissy. All right. You know, if maybe he's problematic. That's pretty much it. I don't yeah. know. All right, let's go on to what's coming out next week. Okay, yeah. so we have Action Comics 1046, which is the penultimate issue of the Warworld saga. Yep. Um, we have Axe Judgment Day number three, which I still haven't caught up on Eternals, so I'm probably not going to be reading yet. We have Carnage number five. We have the final issue of Ram V's Swamp Thing. We have the final issue of Robin. We have the second issue and final issue. A lot of final issues this week. We have the hmm. final issue of Batman White Knight Red Hood. Josh has Radiant two. Black. Yep. And only like three weeks apart. Yeah, it's great. Um, we have Radiant. Josh has Radiant Black number 17. Yep. Uh, we've got Grim number four. Um, we've got the physical release of the third issue of Public Domain. We have the Tales of the Human Target one shot. Oh. We have the fourth issue of I Hate This Place. Which is the penultimate issue, I believe. Oh, that's it? Is it a five or a six? I think it's on going. Uh, number five is the end of the story arc. But it doesn't ah, say okay. end of series. Yes. <clears throat> um, at DC, we have Olympus Rebirth, which is a Wonder Woman book tying into the main thing. It's bringing the Greek gods back from death or something. I don't know. Some second thing. <laughs> I've, I've not been reading the run. The last I saw, Olympus was destroyed and it was empty. But, God knows. 
Um, we have the first issue of the final chapter of Wind, The Throne in the Sky. Mm. We have the second issue of Ramby's Detective Comics, number 1063. And we have Amazing Spider-Man, number 8, by Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr. And Josh cool. is now going to tell me I've missed something. Yes. So I'm going to work out what it is before he Five, tells me. Four, three, two, one. Department of Truth is finally back after a uh, two-month hiatus with number 20. Okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. That's it. The, the cover's so brown, it. my brain just filtered it out. <laughs> it almost like, looks like an eye. There's color in there, but there's just like an absence of color. What are you talking about? There's a big old eye. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know what's going on. They took a month off, so now we're back. The center of that eye looks like a Star Destroyer from Star Wars. It's a hat. It's, it's a, a hat. black hat. Still looks like a star, uh, star destroyer. Sure. Yeah. Let's end this. Yes, I sure. feel like I need to sleep. Otherwise, I'm going to be seeing yeah, star you need it. everywhere. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, that's going to be it then. Well, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking around. That means that this is the end of the episode. You heard our comics that we read this week. You heard our ratings. You heard what's coming out next week. You heard our picks of the week. And it is Sunday, August 21st. Thanks for coming on to the show. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast locations. Thanks to Anchor.fm. You can go to anchor.fm slash Comics to find our RSS feed and make monthly contributions onto there. And you can also go onto patreon.com slash Comics in order to make your monthly contributions where you can be our blood boys for the dollar a month or higher level. Or if you want to be our producers, $1,000 a month or higher level. Because I think that would just be funny. Just, you want to tell yeah. me what to do? Tell me what I you want me to do, Do it daddy. as a joke. I'm yours. Give us $1,000 a month yes. as a joke. Yes, it's for the meme. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and you can go on to uh, youtube.com slash Comics in order to find our weekly videos that Sean is so adamantly tenacious about uploading every single week. Uh, you can also send us an email. Like you can, uh, like we just had our listener email. Uh, it's thecultofcomics at gmail.com. Send in a request, send in a question. Uh, if you want to just berate us, let us know. You can do that. Uh, that's it. That's the show. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for joining us. Uh, and have an awesome rest of your day. Dash. 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 Dot. 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 The three of us are in. Uh. Cult.